0: Hello, and welcome to Profiles in Risk. This is your host, Tony Canyas, pitching a double-hitter today because I recorded one earlier today. Uh, And uh, today I'm recording with Isaac Hicks, the, and of course, I didn't have your LinkedIn profile on the right page, the CEO at uh, SlipBot. Uh, Isaac, uh, thank you for for joining me today. How's it going?
1: Oh, it's going
0: well. Happy to be here. Awesome. And you are in uh, Miami, Florida area yes
1: yeah I'm right here in Miami actually right right in the Edgewater area for anyone who's familiar
0: okay so uh May 16th is it 115 degrees and 120 percent humidity in Miami by now
1: well it's funny you mentioned that I don't think it's quite that hot but it is raining like crazy outside so the humidity might even be able to hear it in the background
0: (laughs) no I can't hear it so so your your microphone is working well uh lo- lo- love the miami area i spent a lot of time there as as, as a kid um uh, okay so so we all well first of all thank you for joining me today and and uh we always give the guest the chance of giving kind of the elevator pitch uh so so what what is slip butt
1: Yeah, certainly so SlipBall was born of the problem that the way that the reinsurance industry works is that reinsurers receive a lot of requests for business. These are called slips. And in order to actually get business that is accretive to their books, they have to go through these slips, analyze them, determine whether or not it makes sense based on their modeling, and then move forward with policies and placements that do make sense. Now, because they need to keep records and understand who has sent them requests and everything and why, they end up getting all these slips and they have to record all of them, all these facultative slips, a lot of treaty slips, you know, just all this information. So underwriters or their assistants or sometimes outsourcing partners spend hours a day looking at these slips, and finding the information they care about and manually putting it into their documentation system. And that is a huge waste of time. So what the SlipBot does is we can take the slip that comes in, you drag and drop it into a folder on your desktop and it automatically goes into your system. It uses machine learning and AI to extract out all of the information that's needed. There's a validation step in there if you want it, but otherwise you don't have to touch your documentation system at all. You can just drag and drop the slips in, and they automatically go in there. Any reinsurance system, any anything.
0: Okay, so so I'm a former middle market underwriter myself. I've got my CPCU. I got I got my ARE, um, but I've never worked in reinsurance, uh, and and uh, so I didn't even know what slips were so that that's that's interesting to, to know okay so 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 i do know that that reinsurance is generally sold uh through intermediaries right To the reinsurance brokers or a lot of it mm-hmm. is sold through intermediary insurance brokers so so the the, the slips are are they a uh a, a standardized for a standardized format kind of like the accord forms in in commercial insurance or or are they do, do they vary by the broker or
1: no so, so they vary by broker. and that's part of what makes this uh, so complicated and you know kind of the niche that we hit is you know a lot of these these reinsurance industries that are receiving these documents from all sorts of different places and you know they have different formatting, different places where this information's at. So really if you zoom out a little bit, it's less about the fact that we're taking a reinsurance and we're putting it into the system what we're really doing is we found an intelligent way to process unstructured documents, right? And so we can take unstructured documents. Uh, Right now, we're focused on the reinsurance slip, and this unstructured document processing is able to use like cognitive level AI, where it's reading much in the same way that a human being would read in order to be able to parse out this information, as opposed to doing like, you know, this more Retroactive, um, like image recognition system type of situation that you typically see in programs like this.
0: Okay, okay. So, so, and I apologize if you can if you can hear uh, emergency services behind me. I live in 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 Midtown Atlanta, and often <laughs> uh, no worries at all. Uh, I, my microphone should filter most of it out, but um, okay. So so um, okay, very interesting that all the slips have to be re- reported. I, I had no idea that reinsurers had to report everything they that they that they received. Um, so so the the slips are, are they? Uh, so the word slip implies like simple, short. Are they fairly short or, or are they, how complicated are, 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 the, are the slips as they come in?
1: Well, so there's a couple of different kinds of slips, right? And there is a fair amount of complexity in this because whenever you're looking at the facultative slide, what you're typically looking at is you're either looking at slip policy documents or you're looking at word contracts. Slip policy documents tend to be a little bit shorter, maybe up to about 20 pages in length. Um, they typically have things that are somewhat structured. They have like a you know tabular data where it's like oh this is this is what the title of what we're looking for. This is where that's going to be explained. These are relatively easy for you know say the average person to go through and look at. Uh, these word contracts are quite a bit more complicated because these are just very long documents, normally written in paragraphs, it's normally explaining more of like the context of the situation, everything like that. And these are very unstructured. You know, this is like the machine really has to be able to read these. Then whenever you get over to the treaty side, you have all of the different splits. You have like your quota share, you have your multiple layers, you have your multiple categories. And those start to get much, much more complicated. And from the treaty underwriters that I've talked to, they might spend up to 10 minutes Going through uh, you know, a treaty slip. A treaty slip can be like 70, 80 pages long. They're going through this treaty slip to find all of the different information. Now, from some brokers, treaty slips will come with that information, you know, formatted in an easy-to-read way at the beginning is like a treaty summary. But from some brokers, it doesn't. And you see this a lot out of Latin America and other, you know, you know, like Caribbean countries and places like that where these documents are very messy very hard to like actually get anything out of and so that's kind of really where the where the opportunity is here to be able to avoid that time expenditure that's in looking at these slips
0: i I figured it 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 wasn't um it it, it wasn't random that you're that that you're in Miami and you identified this problem, since, since the Latin American right. reinsurance market really runs out, out of Miami. Yeah. Uh, so it, it makes sense why you ended up running in, in, into this program, if into this problem, if if it's so much more common uh, out of the Latin American bro- uh reinsurance brokers. Okay. Um. So 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 they're pretty long, pretty 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 complex. Mm-hmm. Um. The. The the, the 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 systems that, that that the reinsurers use to 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 manage policies, to manage quotes, to to underwrite the the this stuff are, are they generally homemade systems, or or are they? Uh, is there like a guide wire or Duck Creek equivalent in the reinsurance world where a lot of of carriers use the same software to to handle policies? So
1: there are a couple of softwares that have made their way into, um, you know, multiple different companies, but a lot of companies do have their own custom software. Um, You know, really like a, a big part of what we're doing with SlipBot is the integration into these tools because while some of these tools do allow for like API integrations or database integrations or other backend integrations, some of them do not. Some of them have a completely closed off backend or, Something else that's also very common is you'll see with smaller reinsurers that the system that they're using is actually managed by a different organization. And as such, they have to get very special permission, very special privileges to access things such as API keys, backend databases, stuff like that. So we're able to work around that by using something called robotic process automation. And what that allows us to do is emulate the keyboard and mouse in the same way that a human being would use the keyboard and mouse. So like in, um, in a solution that we have for one of our clients here in Miami, what we're doing is we're using this RPA system. So whenever the underwriter drags and drops, their slips into the folder, they just go on about their business. Then the window will pop saying that it's ready to be put into the system, they hit okay. They take their hands off the keyboard and mouse takes about 10 seconds to go through and, you know, it fills out everything very, very, very fast machine fast, you know, so it just goes in, fills everything out. Um, then it's there and he can just click save and put it away.
0: Okay. So, so, so basically you can integrate into our system regardless of, of how archaic and unfriendly the system may be. Yes. Okay. Perfect. That's exactly, ex- ex- you read my mind. That's exactly what, I, what, 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 I, what I was, what I, what I was wondering. Okay. Yeah. Um, what's, what, what's, what's, what's the, what's the, uh, revenue model, the pricing model like?
1: So how the, how the revenue model works is we do in a per seat capacity. So typically what we're looking for is like, well, going to a reinsurance organization, we'll see you know what their use case is specifically for it because you know there's a couple of different ways you can set this up from a workflow perspective some underwriters like to like to process the slips as soon as they come in so that they don't have anything left in their inbox some of them like wait till the end of the day and then put everything in at the end of the day and you know we have the ability to set up the system in different ways where it's like you can drag and drop slips all day so that you don't have to worry about them but then you can wait until the end of the day and then run them all in a batch to get them all put in. And so then you don't even have to be at your computer while that's going on. If you've got like 30 of them and that's going to take, you know, maybe five or 10 minutes, you don't have to be there for that five or 10 minutes. So you can do that over lunch or something. Right. So we figure out what the use case is there, we make sure that we have everything set up and properly functioning on one underwriters, environment that we have fully integrated with their workflow. And then we expand from there to press it out to all other underwriters in the company. Uh, We do charge a per seat model for that. And then, you know, the more volume that we have, you know, the more seats that we have, the lesser the per seat cost is. Um, The three other options that reinsurers have when it comes to this is to either have the underwriter themselves do it, which is very expensive because underwriters make a lot of money. Uh, they can have an underwriting assistant do it, which underwriting assistants, while they don't make as much money as underwriters do, they, they still are quite expensive. Or they can outsource it, which is quite a bit more cost effective than these other two options. But outsourcing is you know, very known to have like a lot of mistakes and then having to walk back those mistakes is a huge pain. Um, our pricing model comes in far below the price that any of those three options would take and has an equivalent or greater accuracy to
0: all of them. I'm, I'm guessing the, the outsource model is not only more expensive, but also it's not immediate, right? You're outsourcing yeah. to the Philippines and then you wait till the next morning to, to have them ready kind of thing. Yeah. Okay, okay. So so um, how did you, realize that, that, that this was a, was a problem. So so I, I looking at, at, at your LinkedIn, so I, I see you got a, a degree in, in aerospace engineering or, or some version of, of aerospace in, engineering. Uh, so how, how did you end up realizing that, that this was a problem with, within the reinsurance space? Well, so it was actually quite a path I took to get here. Um, I did
1: graduate with an aerospace engineering degree and then Uh, Briefly worked for the government as a contractor before moving on and doing um, like business consulting, business transformation consulting. And while I was doing business transformation consulting, I kind of realized that there was a lot of problems that you would see in these organizations. And uh, maybe this was like my first hint that, you know, working towards finding like a strong solution for in, for an industry-specific problem would be a good idea. Um, after that, I ran my own marketing company for a while and got a lot of experience, you know, in entrepreneurship and running a business and doing everything like that. And then I decided I really wanted to take my engineering skills that I had learned and apply them in a way that would really help people, you know, really help people and get rid of these really tedious, frustrating, otherwise low value activities that people have to do at work. Because you know, these these low value activities are actually really toxic when you look at them, because it makes it makes the worker themselves less enthralled about their job. You know, it's that's no good. These low value tasks stand in the way of legitimate productivity. So they hold the company back from doing what it could be doing. It it really causes problems in multiple areas. So, um, I met my first client, the one who presented this issue to me um, about a year ago. And I remember when he was explaining to me what he was trying to accomplish, he was like, Look, I don't know if you'll be able to do it, but wow, this is such a problem. And, like, just the amount of passion he had about how much he despised this process. wow, something definitely needs to be done about this. And then I kind of realized, you know, this isn't the only process in, you know, the insurance or reinsurance space that has this kind of problem, you know, this very heavy paperwork, heavy, you know, this need to do continuous paperwork, form fills, data entry. This is something that plagues many businesses, but it's very, very heavily plagues insurance and reinsurance. And so... You know, the reinsurance slip is kind of like our first super high value add thing that we're doing here, but we hope to take this unstructured document processing technology and be able
0: to apply this to other documents over time as well. Okay. Ken, and, and uh, you haven't mentioned Autonomy, your your, your other company. Uh, is, is Autonomy do, doing... Uh, other work within insurance, or, or is this the only insurance one for now?
1: Yeah, so um, so with autonomy, we do have a little bit of other insurance work going on. I would say that the most relevant thing that we have from an insurance perspective is we've seen that a lot of. Um, You know, smaller businesses or independent insurance contractors, people like that, they have a lot of issue around their application process, actually getting people into, um, you know, insurance policies. And one of the reasons they have this problem is because they're still doing like paper-based, PDF-based, you know, applications. They're still doing, oh, I need to call you and like walk you through this application process then some of them may have like web interfaces but the web interfaces aren't very good. So we've made this um, much more sophisticated integration tool that allows them to take their documents, scan their documents into a system that turns them into digital forms that are accessible via an encrypted web server and then allow people to go directly to that web instance instead of having to fill things out manually. Um, But as far as autonomy is concerned, what autonomy really is is an organization that seeks out and finds these these kinds of problems these areas in industry where you know once you really dig you find out that this is what people hate it's just the worst thing That it's all anybody can talk about you know it's the biggest frustration they have and what I really want to do, you know, at a personal level is I want to, you know, get rid of as much of this workplace-born frustration as possible because this workplace-born frustration, it doesn't only affect the workplace, it affects that individual and that individual carries that frustration into other aspects of their life and, you know, it's, it's really not, it's really not a good thing.
0: Okay. Um, so, so uh... Beyond re- reinsurance, so if, if we have listeners in in primary insurance that that have other uh, unstructured intake stuff that mm-hmm. that that is painful, uh, reach out. Uh, see see if it's something that that uh, that you might be able to to uh, to work in a similar way. Yeah,
1: certainly. We are. Um, yeah, we're definitely looking to see whatever the highest value ad we can get is with, um, you know, this technology. And we are focused on the reinsurance look right now because that seems to be a very, very high value ad, but I do understand that insurance in general is very, very paperwork heavy. And that's something that I'm looking to attack head on.
0: Okay. Um, I've had many, many AI focused insure techs uh, on, on the podcast. Uh, and I don't believe anybody else has has said uh, cognitive level AI. So it, yes. is that a, a defined term within the AI space? Kind of like like machine learning is a defined term, or or uh, uh, what, what 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 is cognitive level AI? All
1: right, so so cognitive AI takes um, you know standard AI a little bit further. So, so typically what you're doing with standard AI without getting too technical is you have a model and then that model learns based on, you know, a very, very aggressive amount of repetition, what the right answers are and what the wrong answers are. And, you know, this could be, there could be multiple answers. It could be choose one of these categories. It could be, you know, estimate the closest number. There's all sorts of different applications, but Typically what you're doing is you're, you're designing a system that once it has enough experience, it's able to generalize and take on most experiences. So what we're doing is we took a, we're, we've designed a language model that knows like the language specifically and knows like what the different parts of the language are and how those different parts relate to each other. So it's like it will see a, it'll see a paragraph in a, in a slip, so to speak, and it will know, oh, this word right here is the verb, and this verb is dependent on the main object of this sentence, and this main object of this sentence points towards this subject, and it understands the, the context behind what's actually going on in the slip. So what this allows it to do is this allows it to bridge the gap and see things that it's never seen before, but still be able to interpret them to a high degree of accuracy. Whereas typically the further you get away from the known pool of like previously, previous experience, the farther you get away from the known pool of previous experience, the worse the model performs we've been able to create a model that is actually able to perform at the same level, regardless of whether or not it has had that type of experience before. And um, I don't know if that clearly answered the question or if that was a little convoluted, but it's hard to really address it without getting like really, really deep into the weeds technically.
0: It's a lot better uh, than any other description of cognitive ai that, <laughs> that i've seen uh I, I really hadn't hadn't seen that term before so no th- thank you for for giving at least an intro on on, on what it is and and finally i i'm, I'm curious uh does slipknot only work in english or the, and the reason i'm asking is is i was thinking of like munich re swiss re i i hmm. don't know if in europe the, the slips come in in German or, or in a different language. Uh, so that's why- I'm
1: No, it works in every language. Um, we don't have, so right now we only have languages that are based in, um, you know, like the standard alphabet, but we are working on, you know, expanding to languages such as Mandarin or- Oh, I didn't even think uh, of that. The Asian market. Stuff like that, yeah.
0: Okay, fantastic. Uh, very 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 interesting stuff and also a, a great example of, of how um, this the smallest pieces of, of, of the insurance and and reinsurance process uh, if if improved sufficiently and if improved in a way that actually makes a difference, right? We I th- I think uh, the 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 first wave of insured techs we saw a lot of a lot of insured techs that 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 uh, where tech toy is looking for an insurance problem. Yeah, uh, and lately I see more and more that that that, that our people saw a problem uh, within mm-hmm. the, the, the insurance workflow and and uh, decided to, to, to fix it. Uh, which I think is a much better approach. Uh, so, so, yes, it, it really sh- shows how uh, any little piece of, of, of the process, if, if it's important enough or if it's painful enough, wasteful enough, uh, can can, uh, can, can uh, make a big difference in, in, in what we do in our industry.
1: Yeah, and, you know, something that I've also seen that, um, you know, I, I think that it'll be good for the industry to move away from and something that I'm trying to move away from myself is we like really pride ourselves on making sure that our solution has as little user interaction as possible, because I've seen this big movement over the past, you know, five years or so of, oh, let's make this really nice tool with all these bells and whistles with this really pretty, like, user interface front end and everything, but nobody wants to learn another platform. Nobody wants to switch to another platform. Nobody wants the, the added baggage of having to go through, you know, the, the big buzzword is digital transformation, right? Like, nobody wants the big baggage of a digital transformation, because it's a mess, especially when you're trying to do that at scale, you're trying to change, you know, like, thousands of people from one interface to another interface all at once it's just riddled with problems and so I feel like the best solutions that you can make and like the things that really address problems in the industry are the things that do not require an interface and can simply work in the background or otherwise take care of problems seamlessly without needing you know that much user interaction and that's really what I'm striving to create with you know, the products that we make and the solutions that we make is I want our solution to be invisible. You know, just something happens in the background now that you used to have to
0: spend so much time on. Now you don't even think about it. Makes sense. Awesome. Uh, Isaac, thank you very much for for your time. Very interesting stuff. Uh, Incredible how, uh, I don't know, like 12 years into the industry, every (laughs) day I learn uh, new things about it. So uh, thank you very much for, for, for your time. Look forward to see uh, what you continue to, to to work on to to improve our, our processes. And, and when it goes live, course. I'll Thanks tag again, you on man. LinkedIn and I'll tag both companies on, on, on LinkedIn when, when it goes live.
1: All right. Sounds great. Thank you very much.